Why don't you take that hand clap and give it to Jesus all over the building? Amen. High five somebody around you and tell them you're glad to see them in church on a Monday night. I just want to know, is anybody glad you're part of the Apostolic Church? How many of you believe there's nothing like living for God? There's nothing like living for God. And I'm, I'm delighted, privileged to be here once again in Wallace Ridge. And uh, I do want to echo what your pastor said. Uh, that I believe we are in the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God has a feel to it. It has a feel to it. And this feels like the perfect will of God. Amen. And we're here tonight. And I realize it's Monday night. And in the work week, Monday is the worst day of the week. Amen. Uh, so what do you say we, we make your Monday a lot better? And let's let God do what God wants to do. Can we do that? Amen. Give honor to Pastor Stevenson and his wife and their wonderful children. Um, I think we need to give this first family a big hand and show our appreciation. And what I love about them is they are spirit-led. Most people would, would be afraid to call revival on a Monday night, but not somebody that's spirit-led. Uh, being spirit-led requires you to do things sometimes that uh, maybe other people wouldn't do, but we're in the perfect will of God, and I believe this is ordained of the Holy Ghost, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to do here in the next few minutes. Amen. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse number 1, Isaiah 42 and verse number 1, amen. Give honor to my friend, Brother Jeremy. God bless him. He and his wife, student pastors here. And if I were asked to define country, uh, right out next to that would say Brother Jeremy. And so, honor him. Isaiah 42, verse 1. This is a messianic prophecy. Lord is speaking through prophet Isaiah. And he says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I've put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. And I want us to pay close attention to verse number 3. It said, A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. Now, as I've already said, this is a messianic prophecy and what the Lord was trying to speak through the prophet Isaiah, when he said that a bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench, 
is that when the broken and when the damaged and the wounded come to him, it is not his goal to break them even more than they're already broken. It is not his mission to wound them more than they are already wounded. But it is his aim and his desire to take the brokenness and put it back together. He wants to take the wounded and to heal them. There are people in this room here today, I realize that you have brought some fragments into this room with you here today. You have brought some broken pieces. It's broken things from situations that you're trying to piece back together. And in your mind, you don't see a future for those fragments. But when you bring those fragments to Him, He'll give you a future. And so I just, I want to talk to you about fragments and futures. Fragments and futures. Would you lay your Bibles down? And I want you to lift your hands. And if it's appropriate, I'd like for you to just reach over and connect with somebody. And I want you to pray for your neighbor the way you want your neighbor to pray for you. Come on, the Holy Ghost is going to help us here, but... We should catch a burden for your neighbor. Would you just pray in the Holy Ghost for your neighbor right now? Let's let's take a minute right here. Let's take a minute right here and let's push. Come on, I want you to lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what your neighbor's dealing with, but the Holy Ghost knows what you're... Come on. Come on, that's it. That's it. I love you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I wonder if you could put those hands together and let's just give God some praise all over the house. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Why don't you let him know you love him and lift your voice? Come on. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. Fragments and futures. I realize here tonight that there are different walks of life represented under the sound of my voice. And if we're honest with ourselves, there are quite a few people here that have some things in their life that they've never really dealt with. I come from very dysfunctional family, broken home, family not living for God. And I spent many years of my life, 28, and it was well into my 20s before I really opened up to God and let Him deal with some things and so my my goal and what I feel in the Holy Ghost is not to just continue to sweep these things under the rug because conversation even in a church service like this it is our human tendency when we don't want to deal with something because of the way it makes us feel and the way that it causes us to relive what happened. Um, it's our human tendency that when we sense conversation heading that direction, we tend to put walls up and shut off and then brush past that moment so we never have to confront and deal with those wounds and those fragments and that brokenness. But it's my job here tonight in the Holy Ghost to peel back the layers and to get down deep into the recesses of the heart's the minds of everybody here tonight. And if we can do that, years of hurts and pains that we have carried around can be healed in a single moment. And when you look at the Valley of Dry Bones, it's a very powerful story because Ezekiel spoke the word the first time. And those bones began to be connected. And those fragments began to be pieced back together. And all of a sudden we see brokenness begin to take on wholeness once again. And as he speaks the word, bone is connected to bone. And ligament is connected to ligament. And tendon is connected to tendon. And we see that skin put back over. 
the internal parts of that body and we see cartilage placed back on the ears and on the nose and we see teeth placed back in the mouth and eyeballs placed back in their socket and we see hair begin to be placed back in the follicles but that brokenness is still dormant because even though it has been put back together it has not been breathed back into and revived again until that prophet spoke the word the second time and this time that wind begins to blow and there is life that is breathed into something that was once fragmented and wounded and broken but I want you to know that whenever it was put back together and it was brought back to life it was not just a great army it was an exceeding great army can I tell you that if you'll give God your brokenness and you'll give God your fragments what he does with it when he puts it back together will not just be great but it will be exceeding great I realize you might have brokenness and wounds and fragments but you better hear me in the Holy Ghost God's about to put it back together and what he does with it will transcend greatness One of the things throughout Scripture that has just captured my attention, and I believe it's a journey the Lord has had me on for the last year to year and a half, that is the theology of the kingdom. And I said it last week, but it bears repeating. I want to remind us here tonight that we are part of the greatest group of people on planet earth. We are part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And when you look in Mark chapter 1, those first few verses are replete with kingdom language. Because we see where John the Baptist is preaching and he is letting the world know that there is about to be a visitation that humanity has never seen before. He is letting the world know that there is coming a move of God that has never taken place in the earth before. And it is the greatest visitation that the world has ever seen. The problem is John was getting in the way of what was on the way. And the reason is because John kept saying revival is coming. And revival is on the way. And a move of God is about to happen happen and a visitation is about to come and as long as John was saying revival is on the way revival could never fully arrive can I tell you we've got to begin to change our language in the apostolic church and stop saying that a visitation is coming and stop saying that a move of God is on the way we've got to have enough faith to believe revival is not coming but revival is here and revival is now. And so finally, John, he is removed from the equation. And the Bible said that John was put in prison. And Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And when that 
visitation finally came that John said was on the way. Jesus begins to walk about Galilee looking for somebody to invite to be a part of the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen. He was not inviting them to a Monday night revival. He was not inviting them to a camp meeting. He was not inviting them to a North American Youth Congress. He was not inviting them to a youth camp. He was inviting them to partake in the greatest move of God that had ever hit the world. And God is extending that same invitation to individuals in this house here tonight. And as Jesus is walking on the shore of Galilee looking for those first individuals to include and ask them to be a part of this revival that had just come into the world, the Bible said that he was walking by the shore and that he saw Andrew and Simon casting their net into the sea and Jesus said unto them, Come ye out. After me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. That word make there in the Greek literally means to create. So here we see Jesus as that creative agent that is looking at imperfect people and he is trying to make an even exchange with them. He's saying, I know you don't have it all together, but if you will do your job in following me, I will do my job in forming you. Can I tell you, God is extending an invitation to individuals in this house, but you're looking at your insufficiency, you're looking at your brokenness, your fragments, your failures, your mistakes, and you're saying, I don't have it all together. You might not have it all together, but God has got it all together, and if you'll make an exchange with him and give him your fragments, God will give you a future that will blow your mind. Anybody believe you're going to be a part of this end time revival regardless of your insufficiencies and your inadequacies? There is a God that wants to use you in this hour. And I'm thankful the Bible went on to say that when he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship. And watch this. They were mending their nets. It is amazing to me that the first few individuals that Jesus wanted to invite to be a part of the greatest visitation the world had ever seen. He didn't go looking for the perfect. He didn't go looking for the ones that had it all together. He went looking for those that were putting broken things back together again. But I want you to know here tonight that fishing was not a hobby for these brothers. It wasn't something they just did on the weekend. But it was those nets that put clothes on their back. It was those nets that put food on their table. It was those nets that put a bed for them to sleep on. It was those nets that put money in their pocket. It was those beds. It was those nets that put a roof over their family's head. That net was their world and their world was falling apart but when God went looking for somebody to use he found somebody that could handle brokenness and said that's exactly what I'm looking for don't talk to me about the fragments and the brokenness there is a God that will give you a future in the middle of the hopelessness of your fragmented situation 
Does anybody believe that in this house here tonight? when it said mending their nets when you study that it does not simply mean they were putting back together a broken net but it literally means they were making adjustments to use again that lets me know they were not just repairing those nets they were they were not replacing those nets they were repairing those nets and if they were repairing those nets they were also preparing those nets because they were not done with those nets. Let me preach to somebody and say, when God looks at your fragments, he does not see trash. He sees a tomorrow. I'm going to back up and say that again. When God sees your fragments, he does not see trash. He sees a tomorrow. He doesn't see junk. He sees a generation of apostolics coming from your family tree. You ought to shout in this house and say, thank God he's not done with me yet. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise in this house. God's not looking to replace you. He wants to put you back together and do something through you that will shake the gates of hell. Come on, let's put our hands together all over the house. And so in Isaiah chapter 42, he begins to prophesy about the Messiah that would come into the world. And I want you to understand here today that our God is a great God. I said our God is a great God. And he is not a weak and anemic God. He is a strong and a powerful and a mighty God. The Bible said he is a man of war. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. He is the first and the last, the beginning, the end, the alpha and omega. That is how great your God is. But Isaiah said that when the Messiah comes into the world, the Bible said that he would not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. That lets me know that even though he is a strong and a powerful God, when it came to dealing with the fragments of broken and wounded people, he said, I've come in a a meek and a lowly manner. He came gentle. Because your God is not a God that wants to beat you over the head just because you don't have it all together. He is a God that sees you in your weakness. And he said, I came in meekness and lowliness and in gentleness so you would not be afraid to bring your fragments to me. And the enemy has lied to a lot of you about the God that you serve and told you that you've got to be like Adam and Eve in the garden and you've got to hide from him in shame. But I'm here to tear down the walls of shame that the enemy has put into your spirit and let you know you can bring your fragments to Jesus Christ. 
I said you can bring your fragments to Jesus Christ here tonight because the Bible said a bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall a bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. Why do you think Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and hath anointed me to preach the gospel and to bind up the broken hearted not break them even more but bind up the broken hearted that word bind there means to govern. What Jesus was saying was, is when you give me your fragments, I will put them back together in such a way that I will be the one that takes control of them. And you don't have to do it on your own. I wish I had some help in this house. Because what I'm trying to tell you is, you're trying to do it on your own and you're left with fragments and with brokenness. But when God puts it back together, he'll take control of every part of your life. I'll go a step further and say maybe that's why some marriages fall apart. It's because they don't let God govern them. But when God puts it back together, God governs them. Brokenness might be the greatest thing to ever happen in your life. Because that means whatever area was broken, only God can put it back together. And if he did not have control of that part of your life before it was broken, he's got control of that part of your life after it was broken. Let's lift our hands all over the house and let's receive that right now. Come on. Hey, we got to plug in with this here tonight. Let's lift our voices. And so God doesn't want to break you down even more. He wants to put the pieces. He wants to put the pieces back together. And he wants to make it greater than what it was before. I was standing at a a youth conference about a year ago. And I was standing on the front row. And there was a woman that was standing on the platform. And the Lord took me in the spirit in a vision. And he showed me a vision of this woman. And he showed me that this woman was sitting on the edge of her bed in a dark room. And there was a, a door. And under that door you could see the light shining in that bedroom from the outside. And there was laughter and there was joy on the other side of that door but in that vision I saw that woman with her hands in her face and she was crying and she was weeping and I saw tears streaming down her face and the Lord spoke to me and said that is the spirit of suicide and it is the spirit of depression and insecurity and she needs a word from me because I want to heal her at the altar call I went up to her and I told her what the Lord had shown me and when I told her what the Lord had shown me she burst into tears and she fell over on the pew and she began to weep and I said sis God does not want to break you even more he wants to take the brokenness and he wants to heal you of every wound that you are dealing with you hear me in this house suicide is not your answer I said suicide is not your answer. We have believed a lie in Pentecost that suicide is heroism and an easy way out and a fast ticket to heaven. No, it is not. That is not your answer. You do have a reason to live. I'm going to hit that again. I said you do have a reason to live. Your life is not meaningless, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of his eye, and I bind 
suicide right now in this room by the authority of the word of God. I want you to lift your hands right now by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I bind suicide in this room right now. Come on. That thing is going to let go of your life here tonight. I understand that this is an area that is plagued by drug addiction and drug dealing. I understand that and a lot of those people that are involved in that life, they have hit rock bottom. When they come into this house, they don't need to find a God that we've made them to believe will beat them down even more. They need to find a God that will put their life back together again. I'll bind suicide in this region right now and I'll speak life into this area. I'll speak life into this parish. I'll speak life. You ought to shout in this house and say that spirit will not get my family. It will not get my kids. It will not get my spouse. As a matter of fact, there are some of you in this room, you've been directly affected because people you are close to have taken their own life and you've got some wounds that have not healed because of that. But I feel in the Holy Ghost there's about to be a wind of healing that blows in this room and God is going to take care of every wound that is gaping in your life here tonight. One thing you got to understand about a bruised reed and a smoking flax is that a bruised reed or a smoking flax has damage on the outside, but a bruised reed has damage on the inside. We believe God can open the blinded eyes. I said, we believe God can open the blinded eyes. We believe God can unstop the deaf ears. We believe God can unstop the deaf ears. We believe God can straighten out crooked spines. We believe God can heal cancer. We believe God can make the lame to walk. Come on, I said, we believe God can make the lame to walk. We believe God can work any miracle with the physical body. But just as God can heal the physical body, God can heal your depression. God can heal your anxiety. God can touch your emotional trauma. God can heal you of your fear of abandonment and the pain of rejection. God can take care of every psychological issue.
Let's lift our hands all over the house right now. Come on. Come on. Let's lift our hands all over the house. David said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice once again. David was saying, I failed God. And the condemnation is so strong that it feels like my bones are fragmented. They're broken. But David represents two people in, in, in the kingdom. He represents those that have fallen and don't think they can ever get back up again. But I've come to oppose that lying tongue of condemnation from the accuser of the brethren and say no failure is final and rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. I said, when I fall, I shall arise. If you've fallen flat on your face since yesterday, you need to get up and shout in the devil's face and say, his blood still washes. His blood still cleanses. But David represents another group of people in the kingdom that have fallen, have gotten back up, and don't think God can ever do anything with them in the kingdom since their failure. They just want to come in and they just want to exist. But I want to tell you that condemnation is an enemy of demonstration. Because you'll come into the house of God knowing you've put your sin under the blood and God has forgiven you and and then God will nudge you to go pray for somebody and then the devil jumps in your ear and says, I know what you did yesterday. Or when that holy hush comes over the building and all of a sudden tongues goes forth and God gives you the word, you'll hesitate to speak it because that accuser jumps in your ear and says, I know what you said yesterday. I know what you watched. I know what you looked at. But let me talk to you about the prodigal son here today. When the prodigal came back to the father's house after making his life a fragmented and broken mess, the father put the ring on his finger. That was not talking about jewelry. It wasn't a wedding ring or a class ring but it was a signet that had the father's stamp on it so whenever the son went to make a purchase he would stamp the signet and that signified that the father has got the finances for the son to make the purchase I've come to liberate you from condemnation in this house and say go ahead and swipe the card go ahead and write the check your father's got the finances in the bank to use you to make whatever purchase needs to be made in the kingdom somebody ought to give God praise right now because that means when God goes looking for a vessel to use he doesn't have to look very far he can use you let's lift our hands all over the house come on come on we're breaking this thing go go Ah. 
Salamanda la baja, catalamanda la baja. Be seated, but lift your hands all over the house. Be seated, but lift your hands and let's let's pray here. Come on. Hatala baha sandala baha katala boho shata. Yalandala baha tayala mandala baha tayala mandala baha. Alaboho shatala mahandala baha tala baha kata. I bind condemnation right now by the authority of the Word of God. And I command the shackles of guilt and shame and condemnation to fall right now. And I liberate every person in this room under the sound of my voice to go and do and be all that God wants you to do and be. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. The Bible said that Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son. And I'm telling you, I came to peel back the layers here tonight because there are some things. There are some things that happened to a lot of you when you were a lot younger. And you're struggling to reach your full potential in the kingdom. Because instead of being open and vulnerable with God, you've just built wall after wall after wall. We're going to peel back those layers here tonight. And the Holy Ghost is going to get down to where you're living. Because the urgency of the hour that we are living. Listen to me. We are too close to the sounding of the trumpet. We need every person laboring in the kingdom. And if old wounds that have not yet healed in your life. Are keeping you from doing and being what God is calling you to do and be. You got to open up and let him deal with it tonight. 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 The Bible said that. Word came to the nurse out of Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had both been killed in battle. And the Bible said that the nurse made haste and she picked up. Mephibosheth and she began to run and watch this the Bible says and he fell but Mephibosheth did not fall Mephibosheth was dropped in the care of somebody else and a lot of you have wounds because you were dropped in the care of somebody else and the blame has been put on you that you fell but you did not fall. You were dropped. Tell you, I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. It's not your fault. You were dropped. It's not your fault your dad walked on, out on you when you were just a boy. 
It's not your fault your parents backslid when you were just a kid and you were exposed to a life you should have never been exposed to. It's not your fault that that somebody took advantage of you when you were left alone in their care. And now you got to carry around that shame. That's what Mephibosheth means. It literally means shame. And you got to carry around that shame. Because the enemy has convinced you it's your fault. And there are people here, you walk around. You walk around with an inferiority complex because your mama never had enough time for you. Your parents busted up when you were a kid and, and now all of a sudden you're, you're struggling with fear of rejection and abandonment issues. And the enemy has convinced you that it's all your fault and that something is wrong with you and that you were just a broken... But I'm telling you, if you'll let God take those pieces and put them back together, the years, the years of pain and rejection and emotional trauma that you've been carrying around, God will heal it just like that. A lot of you are like that woman with the alabaster box. You're like that woman with the alabaster box. Everything she had of value was boxed up. She put her entire worth and value in a box. Wouldn't let anybody touch it. Wouldn't let anybody get close to it. And any time a preacher starts preaching like this, and you know, you know, you know, you have fear of rejection, and you've got abandonment issues, and you've got you, you've got all kind of shame and insecurities because of a, a dysfunctional, toxic relationship that you were a part of in your teenage years or your college years. I'm trying to get down to where we're living because these are real issues that cause years and years and years of pain. I'm talking about things that you've carried into marriage that you didn't heal when you were single. And it's boxed up. And you've put all your value in that box. But finally that woman came to a breaking point where she said enough is enough. And she brought that box to the feet of Jesus. The one that the prophet of old said a bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. She went to somebody she could trust. That's a lot of the reason a lot of you have been scared to talk about some of your pains. You don't know who you can trust. But when she brought it to Jesus, and it came flowing out and pouring out, Jesus said any time the gospel is preached, it will be a memorial unto her. You know what he was saying in that? Because she gave me her fragments. I'm going to give her a future. Let's lift our hands and pray right now. I want you to lift your hands and open up. Because I, I can feel some of you clamming up. I'm telling you, I can, we're, we're, we're going to get down where you're living here tonight. I can feel some of you shutting off already. Come on, I'm telling you, God's extending an invitation for individuals to be a part of the revival. That he's wanting to give this church in this region. 
But first, you got to make sure you let him heal the brokenness and the fragments. David made a covenant with Jonathan. He said, I'll show kindness to your family. And it is amazing to me that when the king wanted to make good on his promise and he went looking for somebody from Saul's family and from Jonathan's family to show kindness to, the only one left was the one that was broken and couldn't even walk. Some of you have committed kids to the king. and They're not here tonight and they've made a mess of their life. But you better hear me in the Holy Ghost. That baby boy you dedicated to the Lord when he was just a kid. That little girl that you committed to the Lord when she was just a baby. They might not be here right now, but God will keep reaching for the fragments of your family. I just felt a witness in the Holy Ghost right there. You've almost given up on them, but you better hear me in the Holy Ghost, Mama. The King will never stop reaching for the one that's broken and the one that is fragmented. Tell you, I know what it's like well into my 20s. Things that I, did, I, I really didn't even know. I really didn't even know that I needed healing of some things. And then there was one service, the Holy Ghost. He dealt with me about some things that needed to be healed that I'd bottled up and I refused to give to him. And I remember well into my 20s, a full-time evangelist traveling for, for years at this point. I remember I laid on the floor, and I cried, and I wept, and I gave it all to him. I cried, and I wept the more violent and, and, and convulsing. I was weeping so hard because finally it clicked that in order for God to do through me all that he wants to do through me, I've got to quit holding on to old wounds that I refuse to let him heal. I know we're not dancing and shouting tonight, but the Holy Ghost is about to heal some things in this room. I'm talking about even elders. It's time to break that box open. And in Acts 27, the Bible talks about how Paul is a prisoner. And they come into a storm. And they come into a place where two seas meet. That means water was coming in from this direction. And water was coming in from this direction. It was currents that were coming in from two different directions. And a lot of you were exactly at that place where two seas meet. And you were at a juncture in this service where you come in one way. And you've got a decision to make. Are you going to leave the same way? Or are you going to leave this service different than the way that you came? But I'm going to tell you in order for you to leave different than the way that you came. You're going to have to let down the wall. 
walls. You're going to have to break the things that you've boxed up and suppressed through the years. And you're going to have to be vulnerable and honest and let God get down into the recesses of who you are and deal with the years of pain that you've carried around. And they were in that storm and the Bible says that the centurion willing to save Paul alive. He looks at everybody and this is what the Bible says. It says that he told them that could swim to cast themselves first into the sea. Have you ever met somebody and it just seemed like they could swim with ease through the storms of life? It's like they never go through anything. It's like they come from the perfect family. They've got the best job. They never have to go through anything. They don't know what it's like to have a cloud of depression hovering over them. They don't know what it's like to have to take pain medication from a diagnosis from the doctor. They don't know what it's like for their baby boy or their baby girl to be strung out on drugs. They don't know what it's like to be a mother to have to work multiple jobs uh, to be able to support the kids. Uh, They don't know what it's like to be a husband uh, that's got a wife uh, that doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, They don't know what it's like to have kids uh, that are backslidden and away from God. They don't know what it's like to struggle through the storms of life. They don't know what it's like to hear mom and dad cry, or cry, fussing and fighting at one another in the middle of the night. And that boy wakes up and they wonder, is this the night that mom and dad are going to fall apart for good? They don't know what it's like as a 12-year-old boy to wake up one morning. I know what it's like to wake up and you realize your dad is left and his closet is empty. You don't know what it's like. I know what it's like to be raised by a mother that literally has to work multiple jobs and we get foreclosed on our home and we don't have anywhere to go. I know what that is like, but then there are other people that just swim through the storms of life. And they just make it out easy. But then the Bible says that the rest, the rest, The rest, the ones that struggle, the ones that don't make it out easy. The Bible says that they grabbed broken pieces of the ship. And they got the fragments. Grabbed some tissues. They got the fragments. The brokenness of that situation that they don't know. If there's any hope for it. While everybody else's kids are living for God. And they're on the front row. You've got wayward children. And you don't know if they're ever going to come back to God. While everybody else has a husband that sits next to her. On Sunday. You've got a husband. And he doesn't want anything to do with this. And they're just grabbing a hold of the fragments. And the brokenness. When everybody else has a clean bill of health and they don't have to take the medication and they don't have to go to the doctor and get the checkups, here you are having to take insulin because you're dependent on it and you're a diabetic. And when everybody else just seems to swim their way through the storms of life, sis, I want you to grab some fragments. 
I want you to grab some fragments. Keep grabbing you some fragments. And when everybody else seems like they don't have any struggles behind closed doors, here you are raised in the church and you know all about what it's like. You know all about the preaching of righteousness and holiness and separation, but yet there's a young man somewhere that stumbled across something on the on the internet and now you're, you're plummeting into a world of addiction and you wish. I'm not saying this is you, but there's a young man here. He doesn't want to be broken like this. He doesn't want to go through this, but he's got some fragments. He's got some brokenness, and there's some young ladies who were dating a boy, and all of a sudden, he got a little too carried away, and he tried to take advantage of you, and he objectified you. Remember, I'm not saying this is you, but I am saying there are young ladies in here. You are broken. You've got some fragments. And there's that one that came back to God after you were raised in this and now you're dealing with the what could I have been? What could I have been? And now you've got the fragments. Grab some fragments. What could I have been? Had I not been away from God for all of those years. Brokenness. 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 Fragments, wounds, pain. You're wondering, what would it have been like had my dad never left? Had I had a present father, had he not died when I was just a kid, I'd have had somebody to tell me I was handsome and I wouldn't struggle with so much insecurity. Fragments, brokenness. Wounds, a life of drug addiction and immorality, and now here you are, and you've got you've got all of these broken things and all of these fragments. Wounds. Grab you some more, brother. You're broken right now, but I'm gonna tell you, God can put that back together. God's just waiting on some of you to get to that point right there where you say God I'm ready to break that box Holy Ghost is just waiting on some of you to finally get to that point right there go ahead go ahead are you tired of carrying around the pain are you tired of it? How much longer do you want to have to carry that? How much longer do you want to have to deal with this? Come on. I've preached right to some of you. How much longer do you want to deal with it? You want to keep shutting me off and boxing that up? That's just more. You're just prolonging this thing. 
You need to go ahead and get vulnerable and just open up to God and say, all right, God, here it is. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You won't leave this place with fragments. You'll leave this place whole. I promise you. I promise you. Maybe some more, buddy. Maybe some fragments, Elder. God's just waiting on that wailing to begin where you finally just say, Here it is, God, I'm I'm broken. I'm talking about that brokenness that comes from your gut where you say, God, I'm tired of carrying this around. I'm tired of carrying this around. Some of you young men, I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. You're broken right now. You need to give this to Him. You, I don't care if, Mama, I don't care if you got to make them go back to a flip phone. One click can cause their world to plummet and spiral out of control for the rest of their life. Come on, sis. Come on. Come on, sis. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Let it out. Let it out. Don't wait on anybody else. You got to break the box. Come on. Let it out. I'll tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some marriages that are dependent. There are some marriages that are dependent on you to deal with some things tonight. Oh, 
la bahasanda la bahatala mandala bahatala mahandala bahata sandala bahatala mahanda I want you to lift your voice with those fragments, those fragments in your hands. I want you to raise them unto the Lord. Come on, young man. You don't have to be afraid of marriage. You don't have to be afraid of marriage because uh, you come from a dysfunctional family. Some of you, you're struggling to be a husband because you never had a good example. If you'll let God heal you with that tonight, He'll save your marriage. I want one person, listen to me, this is what we're looking for right here. I want one person that is to the point in their life where they're finally ready to say, God, I am done. And I'm ready for you to heal me and make me whole. I want you to run up here and I want you to grab some fragments out of this box. Come here, brother. You're done. You're done. Grab those fragments. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your. It doesn't have to stop with them. You got to say, I'm done, God. I'm ready to give you what I've been boxing up. I'm ready for you to heal me. I'm tired of being insecure. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of my marriage struggling. I'm ready for you to take what happened to me when I was just a boy, when I was just a girl. I'm ready for you to make it whole, God. You see the fragments. You see the fragments. Come on. Who wants to be made whole? Run up here and get them. Come on. Come on. Come on. Is there a woman with the issue of blood? You ought to knock your neighbor out of the way and say, I've carried this problem for far too long. I'm ready for God to put this back together. Come on. Let go of what happened to you. It's over. Come on, fragments, fragments, even the dogs eat of the crumbs, the fragments. Come on. I'm thankful there are some of you that can swim out of the storms of life. But I'm here to preach to the rest. You're grabbing a hold of the broken pieces of the ship. But the Bible said they all made it safe to land. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You might have had a rough start. You might have taken a detour along the way. But you're going to make it. God in the name of Jesus. Now, now, 
Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. And I, I want everybody involved in this. Not just those. Not just those that are around this altar. There had to be a breaking for that box. <clears throat> or she finally just let it all out. And I'm going to pray. And there's already healing in this room. And I'm going to pray. And this time we're going to lift our voices. And this is your moment. Whatever you've been holding in. There needs to be a cry that comes from your gut. Where you just let it out. Just let it out. All that you've been bottling up. All that you've kept to yourself. All that you've been afraid or too shy or embarrassed to deal with. We're going to open up our mouths and we're just going to let it out. Are you ready? Lift your hands. When I say go, I want you to lift your voice and just let it out. And I'm telling you, if you'll just let it out. God's saying, I'll give you a future. I'll give you a future in that area of your life. That area that's broken, that's fragmented, that looks hopeless. I'll give you a tomorrow. By the authority of the word of God. And the power of the name of Jesus. I'll lose restoration of all things in this house right now. I'll lose a wholeness and a completeness. I command psychological and emotional. 
and spiritual healing to come right now in every heart, in every mind, in every spirit. I bind condemnation and suicide in the name of Jesus. I bind depression, low self-esteem, insecurity, fear of rejection. I bind it right now in Jesus' name. And I command you to be made whole in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Go! Go! Let it out! You've been boxing it up. Let it out! Let it out! Let it out! Go! God's making you whole! God's making you whole! God's making you whole! Go! Don't stop! Don't stop until you're made whole! Do not stop no matter what! Don't stop until you're made whole! Go! Lift your voice! Reach over and begin to pray for that person next to you right now. The Holy Ghost is in this house.
Yes, Lord. Holy the Holy Ghost can do it. Holy the Holy Let's worship him together. Come on all over this building. We ought to end this service with praise, worship, adoration. I love you, Jesus. That's the love of the Father that we feel in this house. That's the spirit of restoration that has visited this sanctuary tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for the witness of the Holy Ghost that we feel in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the love of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord. Our affection, our adoration, we give to you right now, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I encourage you to be here tomorrow night. Invite someone to the house of the Lord, 7 p.m. I'm believing that God is just going to continue to do what he's doing tonight. Aren't you thankful you made the trip tonight? Amen. Amen. We are in a spirit of revival, and I'm asking you to be very mindful I do not want Brother Herring to be uh, influenced in any way by what anybody would ever say. So I don't want him visiting with anybody. You can be kind. You can shake hands. You can say hello. But don't feel like he's being rude if, if he's not talking. It's because I told him uh, not to talk, and he's going to the office and back at church time. So it's not him being rude. It's me wanting him to be totally led by the Holy Ghost and everything that he says. And I believe that he has done that thus far. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Greet one another in Jesus' name. Welcome all of our guests. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m.